get through on the show this evening. If you'd like to get in touch with us, 0868104106 is the number to send a text or a WhatsApp. Claire will play Tipperary in the Munster Senior Hurling Championship semi-finals. Except Tony Kelly scored the only goal of the game. The banner beating Waterford 122 to 21 points today in Thurles. We can get a full-time report on that game from Dahi Boland. Full-time here and it's Claire who advanced to a Munster semi-final against Tipperary. The game ending 122 to 21 points in Clare's favour a very much and very much deserving the win 112 from Tony Kelly and an impressive performance from Aidan McCarthy at corner forward with three from play but it was John Conlon at centre half back that was the star man for Brian Lohan today Liam Cahill will be disappointed with his team's performance today Stephen Bennett the only starting forward to score from play full time here at Semple Stadium it's clear who advanced winning 122 to 21 points that's Dahi Bullen there at Temple Stadium we're going to hear from Brian Lawton and from Liam Cahill in just a little bit on the show Elsewhere, Wexford will meet the All Ireland Senior Football Champions Dublin next weekend after the Model County overcame Wicklow today by 2 11 to 14 points in the first round of the Leinster Championship in Auckland. Mark Rossiter and Martin O'Connor scoring the goals for Wexford. Offaly have beaten Louth after extra time in Navin. Bernard Allen, Niall McNamee, and Peter Cunningham with the goals as they beat uh, Louth 3 19 to 19 points. They'll now face Kilt. There, elsewhere, Longford and Carlo are currently going head to head. That game uh, underway uh, earlier on this evening, and the latest score from there uh, with uh, time nearly up. It's a long for the lead by 24 points to 2.13. Donegal beat down today, 2.25 to 1.12. And Nuri's go through to the Ulster quarter finals. Jimmy Brennan and Paddy McBreary with the goals. Donegal will face Derry in the next round. Keanu Sullivan, meanwhile, is retired from inter-county football. The Kilmacud uh, Croaks defender was a key part of Dublin's success over the last decade, being a part of eight all-Ireland senior winning panels. He says that injuries have made the decision for him to call it a day. In ladies football, Leash have won the Division 3 league title after beating Kildare today 2-10 to 3-6. At the European Championship second half, just about to kick off in Budapest, Netherlands and Czech Republic going head-to-head in the last 16 remains scoreless there. And then tonight is the defending champions Portugal against Belgium in Seville. That is an 8pm kickoff. In rugby, some concerning news and uh, potentially is a big impact on the Lions tours that three South African players have tested positive for COVID-19. Um, that was uh, emerged today. The Springboks have suspended training and they've all been placed uh, in uh, isolation. So a lot of discussions about contingency plans um, the Lions themselves should fly out to Johannesburg later on this evening and uh, there could be doubts about the eight match series taking place as scheduled so that's going to be very interesting to see what happens there of course the Lions had a comfortable win yesterday in their warm up match over Japan losing captain Alan Wynne-Jones to injury but Conor Murray the Monster Man a bit of a surprise replacement but we're happy out as Monster people I guess to see uh, Conor Murray named uh, Munster captain so it remains to be seen what happens there with the spring box ahead of the Lions tour golf Norway's Victor Hovland has won the BMW International Open in Munich he shot a final round of 70 for a 19 under par total two shots clear of Martin Keimer Noel Kearney ended in a tie for 12th on 12 under par in motorsport rebel driver uh, Max Verstappen held off the challenge of Lewis Hamilton to win the Styrian Grand Prix today in Austria he's now 18 points clear at the top of the Drivers' Championship. And in racing, the Group 1 Pretty Poly Stakes at the Curra. It was won by the 16-5 chance at Thundering Knights.
Second half's just kicked off in uh, Budapest, uh, Netherlands, uh, nil. Uh, Netherlands, uh, nil, excuse me, Slovakia, uh, Czech Republic, excuse me. Couldn't uh, get the words out there. Netherlands and Czech Republic uh, scoreless. Uh, nice second half has just kicked off. Uh, we are going to get reaction though from Assemble Stadium and that win for Clare over Waterford today. Going to hear from Waterford boss Liam Cahill shortly. First though, the reaction of Clare manager Brian Lund. Yeah, I suppose it was a bit frantic towards the end. You know, I suppose that's that's what happens when you when you start missing shots that you'd normally put over, and then you know there's a little bit of panic sets in, and you know, I don't know what over. Uh, our white count was, but um, our white count and our decision making probably needs to be improved on, and probably needs to be improved on fairly drastically. So that, obviously, want to want to want to it's a mixed blessing. You're only getting eight days, so well rested, obviously well prepared. Yeah, yeah, I suppose you can look at it both ways. Like, the, you know, we've got a, a match under our belts, a good, good game out in Turles um, against good opposition. Um, so we're learning a bit more about our, about, about our team. And then, I suppose, against that, you know, you know the tip lads are, are sitting at home watching that, are able to do their analysis, able to pick us apart uh, or pick whoever won the game apart. Um, so you can look at it in two different ways. Your own game plan seemed to work fairly well today. You had the measure of water for really tactical for most of the match yeah look we're happy enough with um, how our lads played like and you know everyone has a job to do when you when you come down to Turles and if one person doesn't do the job uh, you're going to be in trouble so um, all our lads did the job pretty well today Brian did you feel a starting Tony Kelly at full four kind of unsettled a Waterford defence that were missing a lot of key figures today yeah I suppose look um, uh, look Pronti being, being, being injured was a big uh, one for, for, for Waterford and also um, Jamie Barron being out as well obviously was a massive loss for, for, for them uh, we had one or two lads that's you know with the traditional nature of the league that's what you're going to have um, but certainly um, Waterford didn't, did miss those two guys what did you learn from the Parky Cueve game before Christmas, Brian, heading into today's game? Well, I suppose the big thing from last year was our fitness. Like we, were, we were blown out of it in the last 10 minutes last year. Um, so we had a huge amount of work to do over the summer. But, you know, we've, we've good faith in our lads. Um, good, you know, good spirit in the group. And um, good bunch of guys there. Uh, so we've, we've, we've got good quality to work with. Did that sort of a defeat act as motivation for today, Brian? Uh, I wouldn't. No, it wasn't extra special motivation. But you know, obviously, when 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 you're beaten by uh, by a team, um, you do want to rally against them and you do want to respond. Um, big challenge, obviously, for us uh, to to respond. But I think we did it pretty okay. Maybe they were a little bit off. Um, probably weren't as good as what Waterford can be. Um, so they they probably have scope for improvement. Brian, um, just that second water break there in the second half, we saw you fairly animated, a few choice words said. Um, what, what did you say to the players exactly? Uh, look, um, you know, I suppose really does find the conversation should be inside the dressing room rather than being outside. Um, but uh, look, we had... We, we thought we'd made a couple of mistakes around that time, so um, we were just trying to take. Sometimes it's hard to get what you're thinking out onto the field. Would you like to see more fans at the game next week, Brian? There's going to be 2,500 at Limerick and Cork, also a bunch of semi final, only 200 at, at Clare versus Tipperary. What are your thoughts on that? Jeez, um, you know, I'd love to see more fans at, uh, at the game. You know, it'll be an awful lot less hassle for us from. Uh, 
from a ticketing perspective like we got 80 tickets and you know we tried to give two tickets to each one of the players so that was 74 tickets so we had six for our backroom team like so it meant that some of our backroom had to stay at home again so you know that's um we could do with a couple more you know um so but look, that decision is out of my hands thanks thanks, thanks brian that's Claire manager brian lawn there speaking to the media after uh, their win over ward for today in the monster senior hurling championship look very very good today the Claire in patches let uh, Watford back into the game i suppose late on but uh, getting the victory and tony kelly uh, with the only goal of the game going to get the uh, reaction from the Waterford camp now this is manager liam cahill speaking to the assembly media up in Temple Stadium. Uh, I wouldn't think so. Tomorrow's the thought. We thought we could have been beaten a lot more. To be honest, we uh, we arrived uh, as flat as one of the most flattest performances on my reign here. Is just uh, bitterly disappointed. Um, you know, can't really put my finger on it. To be honest, but. But then again, I suppose to be fair to Clare, I'm not, not taking away from their performance. They, they they brought what they had to to win to win Munster Championship hurling, and all credit to them in fairness. But we definitely didn't uh, bring the energy that we're accustomed to, to be honest. Where did you feel you came up short today? Then? So we came up short in a lot of areas. Uh, it's almost like we, we we found it very hard to win breaking ball in the middle of the field. But you know, we, when we went to to try and take it on and 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 break the lines a little, we we failed, and and you know, passes to the man's hand didn't go to hand and. You know, there was a, a movement on our puck outs, but when you're looking in at a flat team, it's very, very hard to try and make the position of changes to to correct these things because we, we try desperately to get energy on the field. We probably did finish it up there near the end, get get good energy in, and credit to the subs that came on. But um, yeah, bitterly disappointing day for for me and and the, and the players. Is that the most disappointing aspect of the game, that the energy levels, the intensity levels, the work rate that are accustomed with this Watford team are so low today? Yeah, but that would be one, but I, I will give the, the lads credit, like they stuck right in near the end, you know, they kept hurling away and, you know, maybe one or two little chances there near the end, you would have brought it back to three points and going down the home straight, you wouldn't know what might happen, but when you're clinging to them kind of things, like, uh, again, a team like the College of Clare and, and their backs up, like you're not going to, you don't usually come out the right side of it, but yeah, that would be the most disappointing point and part of it that, that for a young energetic team you know when I say young with the exception of one or two players the rest of our team are, are, are early 20s like and they just we were just flat and again it's, we'll all have to look at it again look at it from a management perspective get the S&C people in around it and, and see can we see what, what, what caused that today but definitely it's a concern They started out the spine of the team the lined out in the All-Ireland finally Stephen O'Keefe Conor Prompty Ty DeBorka Jamie Barr how much did you miss those players you feel? Yeah they're, they're all massive players you know that's that's what I would say and they're, they're big big players and you know it's hard to replace them but you know I, I, we've trolled hard now around the, the, the scene in Waterford the club scene in Waterford I really felt we had a good strong panel and we still have a good strong panel assembled and um, I know we were without them guys as you mentioned through injuries and what have you but I felt that the guys stepping in to, to do to take on the mantle today were well equipped to do it but yeah look the long and short of it is experienced players like that they are hard to replace but good learnings again today for, for them younger fellas because uh, it was a tough place there for, for the majority of that game Are jerseys back up for grabs for qualifiers Liam? I'm sure they have to be I, I have to throw everything at this now you know I'm going to look at it really stringently and rigorously there because ultimately you know we had too many lads fail today you know we had too, just too many players fail today for my liking and 
Um, I have 37 on a squad and they're all putting in great work and it's very hard. I had 11 guys training earlier this morning that trained really, really hard and they must be looking in at that to say, what have I to do to get into this squad? So I'd be rewarding any player that, that can put their hand up over the next fortnight or three weeks to a qualifier because at this stage I have nothing to lose. I'm going to try everything at it between now and, and then. Um, yeah, I suppose he, he conceded a lot of goals in the league campaign and, and, and all the 21 weeks. Uh, a huge amount of scoring chances you're conceding. That must be a concern. Yeah, it is a concern. Like uh, you know, we didn't give away, uh, with the exception of the penalty today, we didn't give away you know maybe as many goal chances. But yeah, I, look, it's a concern. It's there. It's obvious. It's a stat that jumps out of us. We're well aware of it. Um, I didn't realise that it was twenty three. Many wides, twenty three wides, twenty one wides. Like that, you know, that tells the story itself. Like you're looking in at it and you're wondering why these clear jerseys are getting pot shots at the goal and, and fellas 5 and 10 and 15 yards away from getting a hook or a block and it's just something you know that, that, that I'm not accustomed to with this group of players to be fair to them um, I suppose particularly in the opening stages there was a huge amount of swarming defence on your attack were you kind of surprised by the tactics that they employed particularly playing Tony Kelly in the full forward lines up yeah, I'd like that was, you know, we we had planned for that as well. Call you know, let's be fair. We expected that Tony Kelly would appear on the inside forward line at some stage, and I'm sure Claire were going to monitor that as, as to see how the supply of the ball was going to be like. And as it turned out, the supply of the ball was was quite good, so they had no real need to move him from there. Um, but they definitely pull him back an extra man across their half back line on on, a, on you know all occasions when we turned them over in the middle of the field that left left uh, left our guys with a lot of headaches to try and sort out and we just couldn't had we just hadn't that energy to to run the ball to, to try and get past that extra defender and create you know what we're about and that's that's uh, you know movement and, and creating overlaps and you know, fair play to Brian Lawrence you know, today they, they came well equipped they came they came ready to battle and and, and we didn't and that's the bottom line. Issues with uh, not really. I, I, it was from what I could see. Again, I look at it tonight, but from what I could see, it was inside the 21-yard line, and you know the the foul was there. Um, probably was a goal chance had had Shane. Just this is just my initial reaction. Just looking at it, uh, had had Shane Fife not not dragged out of, out of um, out of the forward. So yeah, I know I have no problems with that. Look, you know that's 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 the rules, and I think column lines apply the rule correctly. Yeah, it's very honest assessment uh, by Waterford manager Liam Cahill of his team's performance today and you heard him there saying uh, jerseys have to be up for grabs now after that performance the flattest performance of his tenure he said um, so very disappointed uh, Liam Cahill there speaking after today's defeat to Clare but it's great to have the Munster Hurling Championship back great to have Championship Sunday back uh, weird seeing Simple Stadium empty it still doesn't I know there was 200 fans in there but it's uh, it's uh, the Monster Hurling Championship with the fans is uh, it's greatly greatly uh, lessened so hopefully we can get uh, fans back into the grounds um, over the course of the summer um, because it's not the Monster Championship without the Monster Championship roar um, Netherlands have lost uh, a player they're taking on Czech Republic 57 minutes gone in Budapest Matthias De Ligt um, showing a straight red card for the event so they are down to 10 for the last half hour of that game in the European Championship last 16 and uh, tonight it is uh, on paper should be a cracker Belgium and Portugal that is an 8 o'clock start uh, going to continue going around the grounds going to hear from uh, Donegal boss uh, Declan Bonner he spoke to Ashton O'Reilly after their win over down today 
Adam, I spoke to you was after the Calvin game last year. You're a little bit happier here today in this championship. Yeah, listen, actually, any time you get a, a victory in Ulster, it's, it's great. So, yeah, we just come up the road today. You know, we worked hard over the last three to four weeks to get ready for this match. And, you know, we just, as long as we come out of here with a victory, that's all we're looking for. But I thought the lads put in a really good performance. And uh, as I say, it's all systems going out for Derry in two weeks. It was seriously high scoring. Did you expect it to be that high scoring? Did you think then we're going to put up a bit more of a fight than that? Yeah, I thought we attacked. I thought we attacked very well, you know, and uh, we got some really, really good scores on the board. And uh, but listen, as I say, uh, the game's just over. Actually, all our focus now is really on Derry, and we, we look back on that game and we take whatever we can out of it. And we look at areas where we need to improve, but we will need to improve it because Derry's going to real uh, pose a real challenge for us. Absolutely, and I spoke to Michael Murphy there. He said that his hamstring's just a little bit tight, that he should be okay. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, listen, we took him out. He'd been going well in training over the last uh, week, 10 days, and, uh, you know, he started the game extremely well, but he just uh, tightened up after about 30 minutes, so we just took him out. And, uh, yeah, we're hopeful that he'll be okay for two weeks' time. And overall, what impressed you the most? Patrick McBrarty was something else up there in the forward line today. Yeah, listen, yeah, Patrick has been playing well for us and he had a very, very good league campaign. And, you know, he's, he's based back in Donegal now, which is a huge help to us. And uh, he's been training extremely well. So, yeah, Patrick, as well as, I mean, I think the whole team put in a really good performance. I thought it was a really professional performance today. And, you know, as I say, we get ready now. We go back to train Tuesday night and get ready for the next challenge. And you're against Derry next, and it's going to be home advantage. It might be nice to have the fans back there as well. Yeah, it'd be great to have a full house in McCool Park. I don't think we're going to get that, I think. But listen here, uh, there will be probably 500 people at it. So, yeah, looking forward to it now. And I say that preparation for us starts immediately. That's Declan Bonner there speaking to you. Ashton O'Reilly after their win today over down, as you mentioned, sets up a meeting with Derry 225 to 112. It's how it finished today. Jamie Brennan and Paddy McBrearty with the goals. Now, uh, yesterday, the uh, Limerick footballers defeated Waterford, a big result for them foraging to 12 points to set up a meeting with Cork on Saturday week uh, Valerie Wheeler our very own was there for us and I uh, got a chance to speak to Limit Manager Billy Lee about that uh, win and the prospect of facing Cork Start of the Championship Yeah it is look it's it's great um, we, we put up a big score a lot of scorers and mostly from play so we're happy with that um, I just probably felt that the scoreline was a bit Hart from Waterford, um, you know, we pro- we were up, I think, seven points at half time, but in my head it was 11 points, to s- 11 scores to seven scores at half time, and that caused us trouble in the first half. So, you know, it wasn't uh, the scoreline might reflect um, an easy win, but far from it in, in what we're trying to do. We're trying to hold our own standard, whatever standard that is at, and ensure we get to that standard. And I suppose today was a new juncture for us with a high level of expectation. So we had to just be very careful, and we certainly didn't underestimate them. I think I think the scoreline will, will, will tell you that. Um, so look, um, you have to give teams the due respect they, they deserve and um, thankfully we did that and thankfully we got through the game. A lot of period of dominance which you must be impressed with. Yeah, I suppose, but a lot of that I suppose came in the last 20 minutes maybe, you know, uh, maybe the, the phase might have been gone out of water for that stage. Um, we played some great attacking football in the first half, but you know, they were causing us trouble too when they ran at us. So yeah, we, we dominated and then we made some errors and you know, silly errors, I suppose, at times, and um, it's to avoid all that complacency when when you're on top. Um, that's the challenge for teams like us. Um, when you're not, when you're not used to being favourites, you have to try and work hard and prepare properly and be ready for the challenges. But look, um, I'm delighted for the lads. You know, they, 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 um, we look forward to the Cork game. Don't see where it takes us. I think it was two eleven to five points. As in, he scored two eleven to their five points in the second half, which is great. Yeah, look, I suppose I didn't realise it was that much, but. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy with that. Look, it's this is um, 
you wouldn't have thought that at half time the way the game was and, and, and water for play with the elements in the second half you know but um, no happy overall brother, yeah. uh, Danny Neville came off is there a hand injury or finger yeah. it looks like he was in a bit of trouble yeah, yeah he's just got a, not, he's you know, gone off the ball whatever, whatever happens just got a, a bruise or a bang on it like so don't think it's anything too serious um, he'll probably avoid a training session one session but he's, I don't think he's much he's dangerous there. in there yeah Danny's good looking it's great to see Danny getting his long time with the county and um, he'll depart the shores this year and we wish him well and hopefully he'll um, he's, he, where he heads to he'll settle in and have a good life there for as long as he's out there and hopefully we won't see the end of him when, when, when we're finished and we'll, he'll get back to Limerick at some point and um, start kicking ball for us again it's a great full forward line I mean the two Burks as well in there I think was the first start for was the first championship there for might have been yeah. I'll let you figure out the statistics yeah. on that side of it um, yeah Huey started Robbie started really well oh. I think got a goal and two points very early in the game and was a threat inside there and um, yeah Robbie is just class player you know um, when you think when you think he, 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 he might be quite next thing he's bang 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 and you know he's he's a class they're class players and look we're, we're delighted to have these guys on board and and um, representing us well and um, yeah we're happy with that the Rebels next you look forward to that Oh God, I don't know about looking forward to it now, but yeah, two, two years ago we got our rear end the back to us and the play it, so we've got to see how we how, how, how much of a gap we've closed and that'll be the objective for us and I suppose play it to the standard we want to play it to and if that's better than Cork, great. If that's if that's behind Cork, well, then we've got to work a bit harder to get up to Cork on the day and see where, where it goes and that's the way we'll approach it and we'll see from there. That's Limerick boss Billy Lee there speaking after their uh, win over Waterford set up a meeting with uh, the footballers of Cork on Saturday week that game in the Gaelic grounds at uh, 3pm start on uh, the uh, 10th of July so uh, it should be an interesting clash and uh, we'll be previewing that game uh, on the big red bench next weekend Alright last night uh, disappointment for the Cork ladies footballers they were beaten by Dublin in the Lidl ladies national football league final Dublin 2.15 Cork 1.13 was how it finished uh, up in Croke Park. Uh, Jeremy McCarthy, the host of the Women in Sport podcast, every Thursday on Cork, so if you get that on the Big Red Pinch podcast feed, has been in conversation with our Cork coach Paddy O'Shea. Okay, Paddy O'Shea, disappointment in Croke Park on Saturday night, obviously losing a league final to Dublin, but considering how close the previous two games were um, and overall, what's your assessment of Cork at the end of that league campaign? Uh, yeah, we're happy about our campaign went in, in, in all, all in all, I suppose. Um, we've gotten some very good things out of it and we slagged a few other things out of the league campaign too. Um, certainly we have some stuff we need to work on. Um, you're kind of judging yourself really in, in two different categories. You're judging yourself against Dublin and you're judging yourself against the rest of the teams in the competition because Dublin are acceptable to everybody else. So kind of have to tweak your preparation and tweak the way you set yourself up when it comes to Dublin so again the league just really proved that again to us and it's flagged a few things for us um, but again we have we've learned a lot about the, about ourselves and about our panel throughout the league so yeah all in all we're very happy Yeah I don't want to dwell on it too much now but I, I mean I have to pick out Hannah Turrell she has been pretty much a thorn on your side over the last couple of games she's an exceptionally talented player and like it's just an example of how one player can make it no, she's, she's not the only player in that Dublin team but how one player on form and the way she's been over the last number of weeks and months um, can make a huge difference to an already talented side yeah and you're right and the worrying thing about that is she seems to be getting better and better the longer she's back obviously the more she's improving she's uh, getting, getting the turns of the game again uh, yeah she's a powerful player big leader for them big character in their dressing room I'd imagine um but again, like so many of their, 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 other, their other players, we just have to 
find a way to counteract that and to try and nullify them as best we can. But, you know, you have to be realistic about things too. And, you know, you're coming up against a very, very good side, very experienced side. And, you know, you can't set your expectations too high in terms of stopping them all up. Um, it's going to damage control a lot of the time and hoping that you do enough through their whole team and through the whole team where, where you can make up um, the numbers afterwards to push on and get a win against them. But again, you know, a lot of teams have tried in the last couple of years, a lot of teams have failed, but um, we keep on trying, I suppose, with the message to the girls. Um, you mentioned all the positives coming out of this champ- out of this league campaign. One of the big things, and I, sp- I mentioned it to Martin O'Brien earlier, is the number of players who got game time and who got useful game time to give you, the management team, and Efi an opportunity to show what they could do. I would imagine you'd be most pleased with that coming out of the league. Yeah, we do. Again, the league has proved to us that we have a very strong panel. Um, we have used a lot of girls in the league in the five league games that we've played. Anytime we've made changes with, with girls from off the bench, they've all made a difference. The majority of the time, anyway, they've made a difference to the, the game that we've played. So that's very promising. And again, it just it just solidifies the point that our panel is very strong. And there's still another few to come back into the panel from injury or whatever else. So when that happens, um, you know, normally after the league, you have a bit of a break to the first championship game. We don't. We have a quick turnaround. But over the last two weeks, We've had a lot of injuries clear up, uh, a few of them long-term. I'm waiting on another couple of as well, so the panel is strong, definitely coming over the back of the league and it's going to be stronger again in the next couple of weeks. Does that help, Paddy, though, the fact that that first championship game is coming up so fast? Um, I mean, you're back in the pitch next Wednesday night and from there, like, it's all guns blazing, yeah? Uh, it does, I, to be honest with you. It's kind of what you make of it, really. You, you can put a positive spin on it or a negative spin, whichever way you approach it, but obviously we're going to try and put as much of a positive spin on it as we can. Um Preparation has been going very well the last couple of weeks preparing for these league games. Um, but it's time to knuckle down and take up a notch, I think, in the next two weeks before the meet game. Um, you probably didn't get a chance to see me the action last night before your own game because you were preparing for that Dublin showdown, but they are a very, very impressive unit and they're going to test you. Yeah, that's the thing. That, that's, a, that's a serious uh, game for us, in fairness. The first game out, again, two weeks after a long league campaign where the goals have worked very hard for very long. Some of the lads have been watching that game already since yesterday and we've had a few conversations already since this morning getting on the bed about me and it is going to be a formidable challenge for us but, you know, it's, it's we kind of have to we focus on me for what, what we can do but after that we'll be focusing on ourselves again like we try to do all the time and once we get ourselves right and hopefully take all our own boxes we should be okay. Yeah, it's core coach Paddy O'Shea speaking to the uh, Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast presented John McCarthy about last night's defeat to Dublin and of course uh, their championship game upcoming uh, very, very soon against Meath as well. Um, so disappointment for the Rebels last night but uh, we heard from Fitzgerald on yesterday's show and he was kind of more looking ahead to the championship than last night's game. Uh, but still, you'd like to beat Dublin. You always like beating Dublin but um, as uh, Paddy mentioned there, uh, Dublin looked very, very good indeed last night and they will certainly take some stopping in the championship at the uh, European Championships and uh, the the game happening this evening Czech Republic have gone uh, a goal up they are leading Netherlands by a goal to the Netherlands of course down to 10 Uh, they've just gotten a goal to to go uh, a goal up and uh, there is 20 minutes left to go in that game so Netherlands nil Czech Republic 1 is how things stand in Budapest at the moment and one game this evening in uh, Division uh, 1B of the Red FM Hurling League it is um, Bishopstown the Bars going head to head it's uh, Bishopstown 11 points uh, the Bars 11 points 9 minutes gone there in the second half still to come on the show we're going to talk about Co-Ramblers win last night and we're talking tennis as well 
Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Corey here with you on the bench until 7pm. Going to talk tennis now. And last week was an incredible week for Irish tennis. As they secure promotion to Group 2 of the Davis Cup. Cork's Keen Blake was co-captain in the absence of Conor Ireland. I spoke to him about an incredible week in Cyprus. Congratulations, buddy. That's like an incredible achievement. What you've achieved over in Cyprus uh, last week. Has it sunk in yet, the magnitude of what you've achieved? Um... I suppose since I've been locked up in um, hotel quarantine since I got back, mm. maybe it hasn't sunk in yet. Cause I'm not in normal <laughs> normal life yet. But um, yeah, look, it was a fantastic week. We um, the lads were absolutely brilliant from the first ball um, from the first day. So it really was more than we ever expected, and we're just delighted to be um, delighted to get promoted and looking forward to what next year brings. You know, as you say, you are quarantined uh, since you've come back from Cyprus. But um, what's the reaction like being to to the week you've had? Yeah, it's been fantastic. I mean, I think like the mess, the amount of messages and amount of um, good wishes we got when we were over there. I think after the Luxembourg tie, the first day, we just realised the enormity of what of what Davis Cup is. Like, I mean, my phone was going for maybe two or three hours nonstop. All the lads were the same. So it's been no, it's been fantastic. I think it's really. Um, it's really been a good thing for uh, tennis in this country and we hope that there's better things to come next year as well. You said to me before you left in our, our pre-interview you were quietly confident and that's obviously born born out like you know with the with the, the, the promotion it's a, an incredible achievement but you were always confident in, in the lads and their ability. Yeah I was I, I thought we had a good team Um I knew that a couple of nations on paper were, were, were stronger than us, but um, actually going into the event, we were the fifth highest ranked out of the seven. So we had we knew we had to we had to we'd want to have to beat nations that were ranked ahead of us, and, and we did that. But I thought I thought that um, the players were all in good form, pretty good form going into it, and I felt that if we could get build a kind of team environment and and get a good team spirit going, I felt that we could do well, and just lucky that it happened that way. You know, I think the lads bought into everything we were trying to do from the first day, and. Um, yeah, it just tur- all turned out great. So delighted. Yeah, that was something we talked about as well. Was that team spirit and how important it is, and obviously that's something you fostered. And, and it, from everyone in, in the team has mentioned, took it on board, and that's probably what helped you to to victory, I suppose. Yeah, we feel that that made a huge difference. Um, I mean, that really started not when we got there. That started on the plane. I mean, I was in the lads' ears, and so was Carlos about about how important it is being a good teammate and creating that team environment and as I said before I think as Irish people we are good teammates you know so we really wanted to um, we really wanted to make sure that everyone pulled together and um, if we were lacking in any area that the team spirit would make up for that so um, I think it did and um, the lads were fantastic when they were off court they were, they were in, they, we were the loudest team there and mm. it really helped the people on court you know so it, um, yeah huge part of it and like it is with any team really Rory and I suppose in tennis it's a bit different because the lads are travelling on their own all the time so they love that week and they love getting, getting um, and supporting their teammates so yeah no it was fantastic and getting off to a winning start as well against Luxembourg in the first match was obviously vital and that's what you did and some fantastic performances on the day as well. Yeah, we I suppose after we had the draw on the Tuesday and um, we were in the bottom pot of teams and so we knew that we'd have to beat two teams that are um, stronger mm. than us on paper. So the Luxembourg match was the match that we had kind of earmarked as a, as a match we could win. Um, started tough. Um, Oscar went out and played a guy called Chris Roddish, uh, um, a young guy that is actually based in the States. Now, uh, he was top 50 in the world, junior, and he lost a tight, uh, tight three-set match. So it put a lot of pressure on Simon Carr. 
Um, but he, Simon answered the call brilliantly and he won in two sets and we went out and won the doubles fairly convincingly mm. when I look back at it now obviously at the time when I was at the side of the court I, I didn't think anything was clear cut or anything was convincing but looking back on it now it was it was a really good performance from the lads you know so that kind of set us up for the week then um, we knew that we'd have the, uh, a tough task against um, Monaco and then we, we did fancy ourselves against Malta so um, yeah that, that first match really and the momentum we got from the first match and that's something that we had said to the lads too, that we needed to start right and start well and that um, definitely helped us throughout the week. As I mentioned, Monaco obviously strong um, and the defeat to them was important for the lads not to let the heads drop, I suppose, after that defeat. Yeah, Monaco were very strong. Look, they, they won the event. Um, they were the strongest team there. Um, they had number one, Luca Caterina, who actually Simon beat actually, but he had, he was actually involved in the Monte Carlo Master Series this year, and he pushed um, one of the top Italian guys, Salvatore uh, Caruso, to three sets. So, like he top level player, and their doubles team, uh, Hugo Nice, was actually in the quarterfinals of the French Open, and um, Arniedo, uh, the guy with him, is top hundred in the world as well. So we knew that they they were going to be the strongest team, but we fought really well. It went down to the doubles, and we lost in two sets, even though we had chances to break um, at the start of the first set and I would have liked if we had got ahead to put a bit of pre- bit more pressure on them and see how they reacted but um, no we, we played really well um, the, the lads played really well that day um, in really tough conditions I mean that's probably worth noting that the conditions over there were yeah. so warm over there 35, 36 degrees that day um, and our guys actually held up fairly well um, the Monaco guys um, Katerina when he played Simon was struggling he had the doctor on once or twice um, so he struggled but Simon stayed, stayed strong and actually went out and played doubles then after as well so it was a great effort by him and by the whole team Yeah exactly did, like, did you have to pick the lads up after that Monaco defeat or were they, was there, were they okay afterwards or what was it like? Yeah, no, they, no, they were, they were, like, they're, they're very upbeat throughout the whole week, really, as such. Like, we had a, we had a goal, and it was to get promoted. It wasn't to win every match. It was to, look, we were trying to win every match, absolutely. But we were, our goal was for for promotion. And even after losing to Monaco, we knew it was still in our own hands. Um, we after the Monaco match. Ideally, going into it, we, we always wanted to rest Simon because um, he was our number one player. He had played singles and doubles against Luxembourg on the Wednesday and played singles and doubles against uh, Monaco on the Thursday. So we took that, I suppose, chance um, on the Friday against Malta and we brought um, Amar in who made his debut at um, Davis Cup level and Oscar played at one single. So we were with full belief in the whole team. And I think that, again, that we kind of helped with the team spirit that everyone was playing, everyone was part of it. So great performance on the Friday against Malta to beat them 3-0. And then obviously Simon came back on the on the Saturday against Georgia for the promotion playoff and played very well again, played singles and doubles again with Dave O'Hare. So um, yeah, everything worked out well. You know what these things were, you, mm-hmm. you, you take a chance on the, on the Friday and it, it could have went the other way and probably wouldn't be talking. <laughs> you know if it had like but um it, it, it worked out and we were lucky but um we're just glad that it did work out you know yeah for you as co-captain we're making these decisions it must be kind of a, a heart and mouth kind of thing it's like am i making the right decision here kind of thing yeah of course yeah yeah i mean like obviously spoke to carlos a lot about it linked in with connor nyland um and yeah it wasn't the it took a while to make that decision we spoke with simon as well um, Simon's foot actually he was in a bad way with blisters after that so he was probably playing over the two days he was probably on court probably six, six, seven hours in 35, 36 degree heat so it was a it was tough for him so um, we kind of made a joint decision we involved Simon in the decision as well um, we felt that was important um, that he had his say 
So um, yeah, no, it was it was a tough decision, and, and it was a risk. I mean, we we didn't know how Amar would react to making his debut in, in in singles as well. Usually, when people come in to make their debut, they're usually in a doubles format, and they they have the advantage of having someone on court to them to help them. But um, Amar was fantastic. He won in straight sets and um, very composed. And it just yeah, as I say, look, it, it worked out, and we we're supposed we got lucky. Yeah, but I suppose Amar's performance probably goes back again to what we were talking about that team spirit part, and he feeling like a. a, a complete part of the team a vital part of the team so his confidence was high then when he came in yeah yeah absolutely like we kept Amar sharp um, the days he wasn't playing Carlos used to take him down 7 o'clock every morning to do training outside of our training and I used to come down with the lads then around 9-ish so um, yeah we kept him sharp with the with his always in the back of our heads that we he was going to play so we just wanted to make sure that he was ready when he did play and he was fantastic I mean, he didn't play the first two days but he was the loudest on the on the bench um, he was really bought into it so um, fantastic debut for him and um, bright future definitely for him what were the nerves like going into the Georgia match then? What were your kind of words um, of advice as captain to the lads going into that match? Yeah, I mean, um, advice was that, look, this is what we played all week for. Um, this was it. Um, everything was set up. Uh, was I nervous? Yeah, I was very nervous, but I, I, didn't, I didn't let the lads know that. Um, I felt we were in a good place because of the way they were playing. Um, the doubles, the doubles team, Dave O'Hare and um, Simon Carr were playing some really good doubles um, all week, and, and Simon was obviously playing very well singles as well. He had beaten uh, Katarina, as I said, and he had lost to him previously, so he was in a good place. And Oscar, Oscar was getting better as the week went on. So I felt we were in a good, we were in a good place going into it. Obviously, those guys, um, that Georgian team, were twenty four places ahead of us in the world ranking. They were actually the number one ranked team there. So um, again, on paper, we were up against it, but I just had a good feeling about it. Um, Oscar went in and, and played um, Bakshi, um, the first guy, and lost. It was a very nervy match. Um, he probably didn't play his best tennis, and the other guy didn't beat her. Um, and we were one nil down. So then we were under pressure. But Simon went in and played Metrovelli, uh, Alexander Metrovelli, who's another top player, and um, really put on a fantastic performance. One six two six two. And then after that, after that, we had shared the singles t- um, rubbers. I felt that we could. Um, felt we were in a good place going into the doubles. I was very confident going into the doubles. Um, and we won that fairly convincingly, um, six three six one. Now at the time, even though we were well up in the match, it, it didn't seem convincing at the, at the side of the court. But um, looking back on it, we were fairly convincing and we were fairly comfortable in that doubles. And that that um, that Georgia team were actually at the AT, uh, ATB Cup at the start of the year down um, down in Australia. So they've played at a very high level. So it was brilliant to brilliant to beat a team like that. And um, it was the lads, the lads fully deserved it, you know. So um, no, I was delighted for them. What's that feeling like when the winning point is won and the celebrations start? Yeah, it was a bit surreal, really, as such. Like obviously, we had this in our heads, but um, it's another thing going out and going out and actually doing. And there was a bit of emotion from everyone, if I'm being brutally honest. And um, no, it was it was brilliant. It was um, it was just it was their just rewards, really, because they put a lot of time into it. And like you have to remember, tennis is a lonely sport. These guys are traveling on their own every week, so to do it as a team is extra special for them. And no, I was just delighted for them. I was delighted for Carlos, my co-captain. I was delighted for Lisa Murphy, who did fierce work for us. Um, as well, she was an she's an administrator from Tennis Ireland, and um, our our physio Anthony Sakharopoulos, who um, the lads christened as Anto after the first day, um, actually um, a converted Irishman at this stage. He really he really was part of the team as well. He was fantastic. So I was just delighted for all the lads, and I was delighted for Tennis in Ireland. And we're hoping that this is a starting point, and we can push on from here. Yeah, and it's Group 2 now. It's a step up for the next Davis Cup, which is a fantastic achievement, I guess. And I suppose, but I suppose the, the work starts now, I guess, for that. 
Yeah, so the next tie will be March 20, or March of next year. Um, it is a big step up. I mean, like I was looking at the at the teams that were in Group 2 this year. You had Switzerland. They've produced a player, a decent player too over the last few years. Um, you had the likes of Greece with Pass, Bulgaria, Poland. So it, it's a massive step up. But we feel that... Um, we feel that we, this is where we belong, you know, and we feel that we want to compete and we want to stay in, in, in group two. Um, so the lads are really looking forward to next year. Um, it's a, it's a big, um, it's, it's been a big goal of theirs for a while now and um, they're looking forward to getting stuck in and such. And I think the big thing about group two is that the weekend, the weekend tie is back. So you just get drawn against one nation. Um, so you have the possibility of, of bringing some big tennis stars over to Ireland, which would be fantastic and would be fantastic for the promotion as a sport, you know. That's what I was going to ask you about was, I suppose, the knock-on effect of this for tennis in Ireland as a whole. Hopefully it'll have a, a great effect and it'll encourage more people to pick up a racket. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, all, all we, we've said for a, lot, for a while now, we just need some of these guys to break through and events like this and with the support of yourselves has been fantastic. You know, I mean, tennis is, um, it's a, it actually is a very popular sport in Ireland. But at, at performance level, we need to we need to push on, and we know that it's actually a pretty social sport in Ireland. But um, we need to push on. But with results like this, and what happens on the back of this, we're going into World Group Two. The possibility of bringing over some top players, um, and hopefully um, winning matches in World Group Two. We think that'll only do good things for the future, you know. And what's next now, Keen? Obviously, you are standing captain in Cyprus. Um, I obviously imagine you you'd like to be involved with this team going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to be, but the, the captain is Connor Nyland, so Connor will be will be coming back in um, for for the next tie. Um, I'm just delighted that where we, myself and Carlos, are just delighted to hand it back to him in in a in a decent state. So um, yeah. So um, yeah. Look, Connor. Connor is the captain, as I said to you before. Connor is a a, a legend of um, Irish tennis. Um, he's probably our best player ever. So delighted to hand it back to him, and um, I'm sure he's going to take it on to the next level with the lads. You know. Excellent stuff. Ken, a uh, pleasure talking to you. Congratulations again on an incredible week and uh, no doubt we'll be talking to you again soon. Thanks a million, Rory. Appreciate it. That's Ken Blake there. He was the uh, co-captain for Ireland at the Davis Cup. Uh, an incredible week for them in Cyprus securing promotion to Group 2. So congratulations to Ken and indeed everyone involved in the Irish team. Looks like it's all over uh, in Budapest. It is uh, Czech Republic 2, Netherlands nil. Uh, Patrick Schick with the second goal for the Czech Republic against the 10-man Netherlands and there's about four minutes left to go in that game. Uh, last night, Cove Ramblers had a great win at a 3-2 win over Wexford. They were goal down at half time, but second half goals from Charlie Lyons, Killian Cooper, and Kieran Griffin got them all three points. Uh, Wexford a late, late consolation there as well. Watched the second half of that game last night. Thought Ramblers were absolutely excellent. And this is the reaction of Bosch Stuart Ashton. Yeah, obviously delighted with the result. Um, at the end of the day, I think it was a fair result. Um, first half was poor on our behalf. Um, we didn't play as we can do. Uh, we were sloppy and uh, we conceded. I don't know whether they deservedly so, you know, to let someone in about an offside, but we had to get on with it. We had chances to clear it after that, um, and they've stuck it away, fair play to them. And then we've regrouped at half-time, and a different team came out second half, and uh, we played better, and we created chances, and we could have had a few more as well easily. Any particular reason why you think you maybe were so far in the first half? No, just uh, fellas weren't weren't tuned in properly. Uh, they know themselves that they were better than that, and we told them to respond to that in the second half. Uh, each individual, it was just casual, sloppy. Um, 
don't know why they turned up like that but then obviously half time we had a chat and expected better and they've responded brilliantly and we've seen the display for the second half yeah but was there some strong words at half time and were you happy with how they reacted in the second half um, probably a few strong words yeah uh, deservedly so and as I've just said to them there they deserved the second half because they, they were a different team different players different performances and when we play like that as we've seen we're, we can match anyone you know we closed them down when we had to we played a bit of football when we could and when we had to we put it in the areas that uh, were dangerous to them and we got our rewards for it How big a result is it for Kovac you go above Cork City now and everything but just how important was it to get the win in general Yeah, yeah obviously every, any win's a win like you know but obviously you know after after losing last week it's a disappointment um, you know so after a little run before that so hopefully now we can start uh, another little run from here but again it's, we've got to look at our performances which we'll do in the week and we'll We'll analyse those and we'll go from there. All right, just find out on the injury front, uh, Keane Murphy went off uh, in the second half. How, how is he? Yeah, it's just um, a quad, so hopefully not too bad. Obviously, uh, he'll miss uh, the few days training next week and then we'll see where he is there. Like, yeah, because yeah, he looked disappointed with it. Obviously, he was hitting the turf and stuff, but is it one of them that's maybe at this moment doesn't look too bad? Or? No, it's not as bad. I think the disappointment with him, I think it's more of a reoccurrence. He had that, I think it was the City game he came off and um, he missed the game after that then so he's, the disappointment is there that it's a reoccurrence of that but it's not as bad as first thought so hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later That's Ramblers boss Stuart Ashton there speaking after their impressive win last night 3-2 over Wexford was how it finished down at St. Comans Park Now if you're listening to last night's show and if you missed it you can get the podcast on redfm.ie or from wherever you download your podcasts from we played the first part of our interview with uh, Jesse Barr the Olympian current team Ireland psychologist who is in conversation with Valerie during the week uh, and this is the second part of uh, Valerie's conversation with the team Ireland psychologist Jesse Barr the same way is that a lot for you to take on having all those athletes to be worrying about I mean who do you talk to like who is your <laughs> psychologist when it comes to this because I feel like you probably can't switch off from it yeah and you know what I it's something I did maybe this this year in the pandemic probably struggle with more so than I I realized it's funny I have my uh, performance review with my boss tomorrow and it's something I probably will say to her is that I probably didn't utilize speaking to her as much um, and I think all of the performance psychologists wherever we were based around the country I think we all collectively felt the same thing that we were like we're kind of the end of the line you know we're taking a lot of the stress the, the uncertainty where are we going with that who are we are who's our offload and you know, my my fiance Paul is a, is a trainee surgeon, so I didn't want to always be offloading on him because he's just as stressed out. So, you know, we actually developed, we, we decided to have like a weekly te- psychology team meeting. So it's the performance psychologist, clinical psychologist and life skills team meet once a week. And I think we didn't realize how much we needed it until we had it. And it was an opt-in, opt-out. And I've been on it every single Monday for the last however many weeks because it's just that safe space that we can kind of say, God, I found that really hard or sharing ideas and and just kind of say, you know, kind of that that group where you can just kind of just deload and say, God, I just found this week was tough. I've had this going on and I've had to help athletes with this. And, they, and you know, you might just kind of go, yeah, that is really tough. And sometimes you just needed that from someone else. So 
Yeah, look, it is something that maybe I didn't utilize as much, um, that kind of support within the Institute for people who, because it was quite a unique, like my granny is funny. She lives down here in Waterford as well. Just can't get her head around this working from home thing or working. At the- <laughs> so she wouldn't have been the person to go to, for example. So it's, it was knowing who was the right person who understood the challenges. So that, that group has been really valuable. And it's probably an awesome, it's probably something I, I didn't reach out and just kind of say, God, look, I'm, I'm finding that I've taken on a lot more athletes and I'm finding a bit overwhelmed to keep on top of all the different people I have mm. between the texts that I come in and emails. I sometimes find I'm, I'm not the most organized person. So people can slip to the cracks and then I carry a lot of guilt with that. And, you know, that can affect maybe potentially affect my performance. So it's just making sure you're talking to someone, getting strategies from them as well as out all the strategies <laughs> good and well, I'm delighted and it's yeah. important that you get that release as well to be honest because yeah. you're looking after so many of them but you did mention you're going to Tokyo I will be I'll be traveling as part of the team which is really exciting so unfortunately I won't get to see Tokyo in the way I would have hoped um but you know what it's an Olympics and it's going to be an experience and I'm embracing it for what it is um you know, I could say and lament the way it should be. And, oh, but what about the opening and closing ceremony? We won't be able to do this. And I say, it is what it is. It's going to be a challenge, but it's one I'm going to embrace because I'm probably going to learn an awful lot in a very short amount of time. Um, so my role out there will be initially in the holding camp with the athletes. So it's going to be in a hotel where athletes will travel into and stay until they move on to their respective villages. Um, so it'll be a lot of people arriving in very tired and maybe a bit cranky and jet lagged and getting used to the heat. And then they'll travel into the village three or four days out from competition. And then my main, the main sport that I'll be working with in Tokyo will be track cycling. So after about two weeks, I'll travel to their venue. It's not within the main camp. It's a little bit further away. So they are going to be competing and I'll be there to support them on site. So it's really exciting. Like it's an, a huge, it's an amazing opportunity. Yeah regardless of all of the the difference and the changes and the challenges. When it comes to family members and brothers and sisters, I know that I don't have any brothers and sisters, so I can't really talk on behalf, but I know a lot of brothers and sisters don't get on. They don't listen to each other. Does your brother ever come to you for some psychology or is he like, go away, I couldn't be listening to? No, he does not. <laughs> no, I'm his big sister. And look, I know there's been times he's kind of asked me stuff and I know when he's listening and I know when he's rolling his eyes and <laughs> I would never give advice where he doesn't want it. I would never come home and be like, oh, you didn't perform well now today. Tell me about it. You know, I would never go into psychologist mode with him because he'd straight away see right through me. <laughs> so no, we're, we're too close to do that, but we're actually going to be in the holding camp together, which would be really exciting. Um, so I think it would be nice for both of us to have someone really familiar you know, there. Not that we're going to be hanging out all the time because he'll be too cool for that. But no, uh, but no. We just even to know that he's there and I'm there if he needs it. Um, like my mom is a warrior. It's a second games. He's a grown man, but she'll still be going. You just keep an eye on him now. I'd be, you know, I worry. You know, so um, that would be really, really nice. And we do get on, but yeah, there's limits, and the prof- the professional limit is drawn at. You're not my sports psychologist, Jess. No one. No. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, yeah, I'm delighted that you both get to go and experience it together. And I know before I let you go, I just want to mention how the Team Ireland athletes have been performing over the last few weeks and the Europeans and, you know, they're cracking uh, PBs and they're just, and there's a lot of media exposure and it's absolutely great yeah. for the games before they head off. Yeah, it's really exciting. And like, you know, I've been talking about this earlier, there's a lot of athletes in 
what you might consider they're not obscure sports but they are the more less heard of outside of an olympic cycle so you know you likes of diving taekwondo gymnastics you know those sports that you only seem to hear about around olympics and these people are developing a bit of a profile which is really exciting and um, it can be a challenge as well because these people are not someone who has a profile every other you know year coming into it so that would be something i you know would work with athletes if i'm noticing that there's a big you know media attention on them that they may not be used to how are they coping with it what do they need to do you know is it a case that if they go to the games they just turn off social media or they delete the apps so they do, they're not reading all the the press about them negative or positive it can be very excuse me it can be very easy to get swept up in that no matter what it says you know kind of just be reading loads of stuff about yourself but you know what i think it's going to give the country such a lift you know and even just seeing how excited people are and there's been so much exposure of athletes as they qualify and a big deal being made of like i said those smaller sports so i think there's you can feel the excitement is building for the games you know it's it's something that kind of brings everybody together the olympics anyway and the paralympics but this year in particular i think it's i feel like it's the lift we all need it's that positive thing that we all sit down and we all watch and we all talk about like you remember the first few bits of sports that started being publicized this year and how exciting it was to just see something small and just something on tv so yeah i think it's going to be you know it's going to be middle of the night obviously for most people but i think it's just going to be something that everyone's going to really rally behind our team this time yeah, it's been great. Over the last few weeks, I've had plenty of FBD ambassadors on the show telling us all about yeah. their sport that you wouldn't exactly be hearing much about. And it's great to be able to yeah. give them the time to share that. But FBD have been amazing. They have launched the sound support campaign. And I did see an absolutely amazing video before we came on and yeah. chatted of Kelly and Chloe and Nash. And it's just this campaign is class. It's basically recording some of the sounds from their training and to give them a bit of a lift. And even their family members had some notes for them on it. Oh, I know, like I've, I watched it and I've seen it a few times it's just at this stage, but I still, when you see, you know, Kelly listening to it in the ring and you just see her tearing up and obviously like she's a boxer, you know, you, you see her like <laughs> a bit of a, of a punching bag and then suddenly she's sitting there and it just shows what it means, you know, like they say, it shows what it means to have that support. And, you know, I really like that FBD have been able to create that idea that even though support is, you know, 10,000 kilometers away, the support is still there. And for those athletes to have those little messages built into their own personalized song is just amazing. But I think that even, even if it for athletes who don't have their own personalized song to listen to, just to kind of know that like that support is going to be with them and there's going to be different things coming up from FBD that they're going to do that to encourage people to get behind the team and to show their support. You know, I think it's a really nice message because it is going to be a different games in terms of how we support it and how it is supported and how the athletes feel that support. But it doesn't mean it's not there because they can't see it. Yeah, I will. I will share that video on the Big Red Bench Twitter for anyone that does want to have a look at it. Um, so head over there after the show. But I'm the very best to look to you in Tokyo. I'm very jealous that you get to go. Oh, um, um, yeah, I don't know. You when, when you hear about some of the restrictions, you might be going, ah, you know, I'm not going to see any of Tokyo, unfortunately. So don't be too jealous. But look, amazing opportunity to get to go with the team. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us in the bench this week. Thank you so much, Valerie. Love it to meet you. That's Jesse Barr, the Team Ireland psychologist, chatting to Valerie. Part two of that conversation, part one, available on the Big Red Bench podcast from last night's show. If you want to check that out, it's uh, finished uh, in the uh, European Championship game uh, this evening. Czech Republic have beaten Netherlands by two goals, so they are into the last 16. Belgium and Portugal is an eight o'clock start tonight. 
in the uh, Red FM Hurling League. Uh, St. Finbars have beaten Bishopstown 119 to 15 points. And best luck as well to the uh, Cork Camogie team who are taking on uh, Tipperary this evening in the Monster Senior Championship semi final. 7.15 is start time for that one. It's going to be live streamed as well, so you can tune in to that. I put the link up on our Twitter page at Big Red Bench. But that is it from us. Thank you very much indeed for tuning our way this evening. We're back next Saturday and Sunday from 6 pm. Three hours of the best Irish music on the way with Connor next with Green on Red. We're back next Saturday, as I said. Podcast will be online very, very shortly. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, folks, and I'll talk to you then. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.